the only thing different about this is having video equipment in front of me. Uh, we've, we've in the past, when we cancel services with our family, we held uh, a worship service with my kids. And that brought back memories who was sitting there. We didn't have Eric either uh, singing and leading songs. So that was, I love that. I love that. And, and I love Eric and, and the way he, uh, uh, does such a good job. I think he pours his heart into it and, uh, man, those songs, right. Uh, precious to us and seeing the praise of a God who loves us incredibly. Uh, we've been in this focus of, uh, poetry and motion. I hope by now, after several weeks of going through this, that, that you've grasped what we've been talking about. We're talking about the beauty and movement of God, uh, of what he's done in our lives. And, um, Ephesians chapter two. I just want to start there because this is my intention this morning was to just go back and and uh, remind us of where we've been and to really emphasize what that looks like. And so in Ephesians two, uh, as I started, if you have your Bibles, that's good. Plus, I wanted to say before I really got into this, hopefully you're ready for communion, maybe set up off to the side. We we have our tray here and and we have juice and. Actually, it is a hot dog bun for our bread, but uh, we're going to share communion at the end of my message, and, and uh, hopefully you'll be able to join with us. Um, again, Ephesians chapter 2, this, this whole idea of poetry in motion came from this passage. I, I wanted this to just go back and remind us of what we had and now what we have, and that's to begin in verse just just lightly going through this, but verse one was especially caught our attention or would have definitely caught Paul's, uh, the Ephesians that Paul is speaking to. He says, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, identifying, and I don't think we should ever forget that, of where we came from, dead in transgressions and sins, dead in transgressions and sins. We, matter of fact, at the last part of verse 13, uh, excuse me, verse three, uh, it also says that we were deserving God's wrath. Matter of fact, let's let's all face it. Without what God has done for us, we would be receiving God's wrath. We would receive it. That's what we deserve. And um, but instead, the the real poetry emotion I believe comes out in verses four and five. Eric emphasized this. It was brought out in the first uh, sermon several weeks ago, but I think it's worth reading again. Listen to the beauty that's in verses four and five. It says, but because of his great love for us, there's the beauty. God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. There's the, the laying out by Paul of what he, his action. It was, it was motivated, and the, the whole beauty of it, it is brought on by his love. It is through his mercy, and it brings to us his grace. And it is through his grace we are saved through Jesus Christ. That's the message. That is the movement and the beauty of what God has done for us. That brings us to seeing, oh, you're a good, good father. Uh, it's who you are, and, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who we are um, as believers, and, and those of you who are joining us it is amazing. It is wonderful. And it is worth uh, giving him praises. We, we then think about that verse 10 that, that we really kind of identified all throughout. 
that says that we are God's workmanship. And that's been laid out through his love, through his mercy. Uh, we have received his grace. There it is. We are his workmanship, his handiwork, as some versions might say. Uh, and, and what follows is especially where I wanted to take our focus this morning. It is the words that says, uh, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. So God in his wonderful love and mercy has acted and has moved and, and has created something beautiful within us that we could have never brought on our own through his grace, uh, being his workmanship. Now that mercy, the love of God, and, and, and through that grace, it is now working within us. That poetry in motion is now involved in us to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. What does that look like? You know, that was the, the question, actually, the guys and I wanted to, to emphasize in this wrap-up. What does the church look like? That We should reflect that. We should be reflecting the love of God, the mercy, and, and that grace that comes out of that because it's working in our lives. What does that look like? And, and so uh, I, I know when we gather on Sunday morning, I'm missing it this morning. Uh, as soon as uh, Eric said something about Darlene, knowing that you're with us, that we're missing Darlene's hug. And, and how many, how many uh, handshakes and, and embraces and, and even meeting new people. I missed that this morning. I love, you know, worship with my, it brought back memories, but, but I will always want to be with you. I will always want to be gathered together because that, that is part of the identifying mark of, of the love of God. But that, that's a small part. We did talk about us coming together as the body and working together. Uh, we did talk about generosity in this. All that is, is part of this, this movement of the body of Christ, the, 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 the beautiful part of it, and it's working in us. And I see it, and I love it. Um, what, what passage of Scripture, one passage of Scripture that, that came to mind is to answer this question, what does it look like beyond just that Sunday morning service? I wanted to take us to a parable of Jesus. And if you've seen online, I understand Matthew's kind of set out, uh, uh, just kind of heads up uh, and, and identifying Matthew 25. There's a parable called uh, the parable of the sheep and the goats. Uh, and uh, well, let me, let me just begin reading and I'll, I'll have comment as we go. It says, when the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. This is, this is, God, this is Jesus' uh, view or perspective of what's coming. It's judgment. And, and there is a separating of the sheep. Guess who the sheep are? Uh, and, and that's where I'm going to focus this morning, especially how he addresses the sheep. We're sheep. If we're in Jesus, if, if through his love and mercy, we have received that grace through Jesus Christ, we're his workmanship, we're his people. And those of you who are gathered, we're his sheep. And, and, and this is what he says, says to the church, the, 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 the real genuine church that has been actively acting out. Uh, that, that grace and mercy that's working in us. Here's what he says. Then the king will say to those on his right, the sheep, come you who are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance. 
the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you, a stranger, invite you in or needing clothes? Jesus, when were you naked and, and, and we clothed you? When did we see you sick or in prison? What'd you do, Jesus? I, anyway, when did you see, uh, when did we see uh, you sick or in prison and, and go to visit you? The king will reply, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. We're considering the end of all things when judgment is taking place and a separation, and especially the words that we want to hear Jesus speaking to us as his sheep. It didn't say, you know, I. You know, here's what you did for me. You came in and you sang songs and you took communion and you prayed. It said it was an activity of mercy and grace and love that, that was taking place. And, and, and I think specifically about the things he says, giving water, giving food, uh, taking care of needs such as clothing or to those who need to be visited or cared for sickness. Or in prison, you know. I, I think about that list, and, and one one thing that might come to mind is that what he, Christ is looking for us to do is to act, maybe in some ways that might be inconvenient for us, might be uneasy for us, messy. He's at, asking us to perhaps open our homes to those who are in need. You know, we we talked about you know, last week about widows and orphans, you know, how Paul made that point. We're talking about foster care system and the great need of children. Oh man, children who definitely need to know Jesus and a community around us that needs to know Jesus. And what is the church doing to step forward to invite them in? Um, One thing that I've been challenged with this week or, or even found all these things happen this week, which is I think is for a purpose, something called care portal. I'll have that. I don't know whether you can see that or not. Care portal is, is actually not, if we're unable to take care of children, care portal is a, is a, uh, is a program that, that actually meets needs uh, of couples that, or families that might be able to take care of uh, foster cares, uh, kids, and, and they step up and, and perhaps supply beds. Or, or supply dressers or, or any kind of need, uh, they would call a church such as us and say, hey, we need beds. Do you have any beds? And we could call around and, and find perhaps it's bunk beds or, or something special uh, that, that we could step up and do. There's a lot of things that we could do on behalf of foster care. Uh, it might be in that opening our home or, or it might be supplying those needs. Uh, the other area is, of course, widows. Is it inconvenient sometimes to check on that neighbor who, you know, we're just wondering if she has family? Does she have needs? Her home might be, 
you know, falling apart. Travis told me a story of, of one in their neighborhood that she received a blight notice and she was a widower. I couldn't, couldn't take care of it. And she was going to be fine because she had a garage in the back that was falling down. They sent a group over toward him, took care of it. Oh man, that is, that is poetry in motion from the church that, that came and had its beginnings because God loved God, shared mercy. And through his grace, people who love God cared for a widow in their neighborhood. I also think uh, through some of these things, it could bring us into things that are unsafe, unsafe, even dangerous. I thought about individuals that say, man, they're going to go on the mission field. They're going to go overseas to, to areas that, that are unfriendly to believers. And I've seen people shake their heads. Well, what, are they, what are they thinking? Well, we know what they're thinking when we read Ephesians chapter two and the verses that we just looked at. We know what they're thinking. It's the heart of God. It's mercy. It, it comes to the congregation when we are supporting, you know, faith promises right now. When we're supporting missions and we're saying, man, I'm going to take a portion of, of what I have that goes beyond what the church is giving in order to support those missions that we, or even to focus upon someone like Megan Smith, who came and shared last Sunday, uh, someone who's translating scripture. I, I want to I be a support to her, you know, or, or any other ministries that, that we're thinking about. Unsafe, uh, dangerous. It brings me to thinking, especially... Uh, what's going on in our community right now? Our response. I mean, I praise God for for some leadership that's that that really stepped up in this, that did some research, that did some thinking. Uh, uh, the response from your elders was tremendous from our security and safety team. Uh, what they said: the reason we're here is not out of out of fear. You know, we want to protect ourselves. It, it it's not a a panic response. But because of what our community said, uh, because of the um, uh, recommendations that they laid out, we felt that if we're truly a loving congregation, we're we're not going to hold it. We're not going to gather into a large group and then tell you this one thing came up from one of our guys that that what we need is three people in a pew because we can't have you too close together. And so could you imagine what that would look like? Uh, and no shaking hands. I'm sorry, that's not going to happen. <laughs> you tell me not to shake hands. I'm not going to be able to do that. Uh, man, it's a difficult time. Uh, one, I got to tell you a couple of responses just from Matthew and my uh, live stream yesterday to announce this. I had a response from one lady in our congregation. You know who you are. I love you. That one of the responses was, hey, if anybody needs help, I, I will help you to, to get online. And, and uh, help you to do that, to make connections. If there's seniors who need to do that, I, just that response was thinking, I could help. I, let, me, let me know who needs help. And I did connect her, hopefully, with someone. And I don't know, maybe someone's watching that received the help of somebody else this morning. And I'm so grateful for you because you stepped up uh, because of your heart and that God has shaped and is fashioning. Uh, I think about the elder the leader who who I talked to yesterday called me back and said, man, what could we do? And he wasn't just thinking about church. He's thinking about the community around us. He said, what could we do? Hey, we've got a building. Uh, you know, we're, we're hearing about the possibilities. And honestly, uh, later on, 
listening to um, the chairman of the, or, or, or one of the uh, uh, members of the council, the health council here in Gary County, when he was talking, uh, I just threw that question. Hey, one of my guys was just saying, what can we do? I said, we've got a building and, and just kind of his same words. Uh, and, and he got elated. He said, man, when it comes April, here's the possibility because our resources and our community is limited. We have a hospital that it is quite possible that could be filled to capacity. And we won't know what to do with people who are infected and cannot go back home to their families or to individuals that, that we don't want to expose. So where do we put them? And, and so we began to think, uh, talk, talk to them. What would that look like for us to open our church to maybe quarantine and just, this is my own thinking, but, but talk will be happening. Uh, what happens if we quarantine our basement and set it up for uh, the cots that they already have available? And then we think, think about the meals to feed those people and to care for them. And then not laying that burden upon Dennis, who does not need to be cleaning up in such an area, but, but maybe some younger uh, people coming in and, and uh disinfecting and cleaning and, and doing some things and not expecting that of Dennis. Uh, we, we have a group of people definitely within our congregation that we're concerned about. Some of those people uh, that, that this is life threatening to. That's one reason why we're doing this. We love our congregation, but we also love our community. And I loved the response so far that I'm hearing from our people. And I know there's going to be more perhaps that, that are able to listen to this and to be already thinking about their neighbors and their friends and uh, uh, those around us. Uh, again, that's the heart of God, isn't it? That's the heart of God that, that goes into places that, okay, this could be uncomfortable. <laughs> this could be messy. This could be uh, uh, dangerous, but we go because we were condemned. We were without hope. But God, through his heart, through his mercy, gave us grace through Jesus Christ. Oh, man, guys, that's beautiful. That is so beautiful and amazing to me. And it moves us. I, and I love to see it in our congregation. I love to see it moving and working in the love that we have for each other. And I love seeing it move and, and more and more, we want to see it grow for the community around us because there's people who are still in that first verse. They're condemned and without hope. Uh, we love you guys. We love you guys very much. And we are praying and uh, loving you. And, and, and we're going to take an opportunity just right now to partake communion together. If hopefully you've, you've had that opportunity to put some, maybe some juice together and, and bread. And, and uh, we set that aside. I, you know, with, with uh, the scriptures we've just read, we have so many reasons just to approach the table. And so I would like for you to do that with me. I, I, I think, um, Eric, would you, would you play while we're, okay. So Eric, we didn't talk that out, but Eric's going to be uh, playing uh, guitar. I, I'm going to first of all pray for us, and then we'll take time while Eric's playing this song. Give you all time to, to partake with us, and and just remember the reason 
for that grace. Our reason comes through that love and mercy of God that he's given us grace through Jesus Christ, thinking about the body and blood of Jesus. Let's, let's go to the prayer right now. Father in heaven, we praise you and we thank you always for uh, our Savior, Jesus. This is, is done in remembrance of him, the bread that represents his body, the cup that represents his blood. God, we praise you and we thank you always for Jesus. He brings us this morning together, even through uh, uh, these technical things, uh, this technology, um, to be able to worship you, to lift our hearts, to remind us of who you are, uh, and, and to, to just celebrate you and what you've done for us through Christ. God, take our minds and our hearts and direct them uh, in, in a way that's going to be honoring of you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.